Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture on The Program with Carrie Smith. I am here with my co-host, Mystery Chris, who somebody asked in the comments about you again, Chris, why are you behind an avatar? I'm I'm not going to give you shit for it every time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a face, okay? He's anonymous because we live in a cancel culture world, uh, but you do get the benefit of his smooth, velvety voice. Hi. Yeah. Hey there, Hi. ladies. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I uh, I don't know if you can you hear that. I so my income has changed, and so I started booking a lot of dogs again. And uh, there's a dog in here, and they're having quite a fun time in the living room. So if you can hear that, let me know, and I'll <laughs> put them in another room. Are any of them racist? No, racist dogs. No. Wait. I met that white that one white dog once. Racist dog and didn't like me. That is true. <laughs> yes. She had white dog privilege. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just I'll do the up top announcements first and then we can get into things. But if it's your first time here, this is a new channel. It's called Deprogrammed. You can hit subscribe. We do have, if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon, a subscribe star, and we do have a Locals now. We're going to be doing some exclusive stuff on that Locals channel, but if you subscribe on any of those platforms, you can get into the local stuff. We're going to figure that out. So that's where we're going to be doing our book club when we launch soon. And I appreciate you guys who have already uh, contributed and by whether financially or by sharing the links and telling people about the show and the new channel. Thank you so much. Hey, chat. Hey, guys. Um, so before we get into the main topic, though, I did you see what happened with did you see that Patton Oswalt blocked me? No, no. <laughs> what? You have a Twitter, but you're not using it. I, <laughs> I don't know how to use things uh, from a different time, a different world. Cole, can you put this tweet up? It, it just because it's somewhat entertainment related, I figured I we just hit this at the top. This, this to me, it's pretty sad, but it is also predictable. Um, Patton Oswalt is a comedian, if you guys don't know. And what happened was. David Hogg, Mr. Harvard himself, had tweeted something in support of these students in Florida who he said, you know, they're, they're stepping out and they're protesting the don't say gay bill. That's what they, they're calling this new bill in Florida, which we can get to in a second why that's crazy. But that he said they're protesting the don't say gay bill. And Pat Oswalt retweeted it, you know, very excited. Good. He said, good. And so I just asked him if you can click on that first image there, Cole. I said, uh, have you read the bill? Or I've read the bill, have you? Serious question. If you've read it, what specific language in it do you oppose? Can you point to it? Thanks for being educated about the things that you hold opinions on. And then Patton responded by... lame By blocking. ridiculous. Yeah. It's, what were you going to say about it? Uh, I, I was going to say, have you had any previous interactions or is this the first time you tweeted out? Well, I've actually met him back when I worked in comedy years ago. Oh. Not that he would remember me. You meet lots oh, okay. of people. Um, I was always a fan of his comedy, but back then I was, I was probably where he's at now. I was super woke back then and he wasn't. It's sort of like, you know, ships crossing in the night. A lot of people woke up from wokeness 
when it you know went mainstream and doubled down but some people went into it and i think he's one of those people that really has made this crazy trajectory into woke you know he recently just just a few months ago he threw his friend dave Chappelle under the bus you know he's been yeah. friends with this guy for 20 years or something and and because the mob didn't like a photo he took with his friend he ended up apologizing and and just sacrificing his friend to the mob which is sort of like that should tell you that you might be in a cult if you're having to sacrifice other people Pedro was well, so disappointing you would have thought that he would be someone who would be a lot more interested in discussing ideas given that he's kind of nerd even though i kind of think he's a little bit of a fake nerd but you would think he would be more interested in that type of thing but no He's not. Oh. He's not interested in engaging with ideas that are differing from his. He can't even explain his position. What you wrote was completely reasonable. You didn't say, hey, you idiot. You didn't say any of that. You know, it was completely reasonable. Just saying, hey, have you read the deal? Just trying to have a discussion. We have a calm, rational discussion. But nope. Didn't want to have it. No. It's just, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It just shows what Twitter has become. Just this big echo chamber. Where people just don't want to be challenged. They don't want their world beliefs to be challenged. Yeah, and it's it's also I think it shows that he hasn't read the bill. I mean, first of all, because you can't even put into your own words what's in it. Mark Hamill from Star Wars also tweeted. I won't show you that one, but uh. he he tweeted something about it, and he just wrote the word "gay" like a hundred times. Gay, 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 gay. So so what's happening is the media is calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, but there's nothing in the bill about "Don't Say Gay." And so, <laughs> And so people, I mean, it's like, what, have you read it? Like, what do you actually oppose in the bill? It's saying there should be transparency for parents. And actually, we don't have to put this on the screen, but I'm just going to read this one part that they probably have a problem with, but who knows, because they won't, they won't answer. Um, so it says that there's a lot of, of stuff in here about how parents should be able to see what, what their kids are being taught. Okay. Would you have a problem with that? No. Um, so here we go. It's probably number three. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. So it says don't talk about sexual orientation or gender identity, gender theory, with kids age five, what is it, like four to eight? You have a problem with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> should teachers be teaching about sexuality to, you know, seven-year-olds? No. Right. I, I, I don't, so anyway, that's not the topic today. I just wanted to know if you saw it. <laughs> because the other entertainment part that you might find interesting is that Disney, because the, the you know, they're in Florida. They were getting all this pressure from their employees, much like the Spotify employees were pressuring Spotify over Joe Rogan. And there were all these articles about how the Disney employees are outraged that Disney hasn't taken a stand on the don't say gay. What is <laughs> that, that's what they're outraged about. Not, yeah. not filming movies next to Uyghur concentration camps and minimizing John Boyega on the Star Wars poster that came out in China because Chinese oh, right. people, many of them, don't like black people. You're just going to ignore all that and just like, oh, you're not opposing. Don't say gay, bro. Yeah, they haven't heard of any of that, I'm sure. 
So that doesn't make it into their echo chamber. But so then today, Disney caved, and there was this headline that Disney CEO takes a stance, and he's going to try and meet with the governor of Florida. He's going to try and meet with DeSantis. He's, he says he's opposed to Florida's Don't Say Gay. Who cares? You're a theme park. What it, <laughs> this is about schools. Like, what are you... <laughs> <laughs> So are they going to lobby uh, Disney to come out with, like, gay princess or something pretty soon? Is that oh, going to be sure. the answer? Yeah. Has that not already happened? They already did, and, uh, what's that black guy who's gay? I know that narrows it down. What's that black guy who's gay? Uh, but the guy who wears... Jesse <laughs> That's true. He is gay. There's another guy, Billy something. He he wears a dress a lot. And uh, I, I... Oh. I, didn't they, like, remake... Yeah, didn't didn't they remake? Um, was it Wizard of Oz or are they they made some classic thing and he played like the fairy godmother or something? I'm pretty oh, sure that I'm came sure. out. Unless unless I'm just imagining that and I just have like weird dreams. Which uh, no, possible, you're but. right. I just can't. I'm blank. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. But somebody in chat, if you know it, let us know. Hi, Lisa. Um, Okay, so, but the topic today was, you were going to tell me about this offline, and I said, let's just save it for the show, because maybe people don't know, but if you guys are fans of the Friday Night Tights crew, Ryan Cannell got into a bit of a internet skerfuffle, what would you call it? People were coming after him because of something he said about the Batman, and you were going to tell me what it was, because I didn't watch the video. Yeah, so the Batman came out this past week, and I'm sure you've seen the previews. It has a uh, black Catwoman, and uh, they make Commissioner Gordon Black, who's played by Jeffrey Wright. And uh, there's a scene in the movie where Catwoman says that the people running Gotham have white privilege. And uh, Ryan Cannell and many other people and myself didn't like that part, but what other people picked up on was that a lot of the people, the city officials and the police officers and uh, other people who were corrupt were all white. And so uh, Ryan, like a lot of people, you know, viewed this as being a kind of a woke, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, kind of woke statement of sort that was weaved in through the movie and it wasn't enough to ruin the movie for him. He liked the movie, but he, he was noticing saying that, you know, the only uh, white characters who were good was Bruce Wayne and Alfred and uh, all the other people, white people were bad and the two black people were good. And so uh, he, someone, I guess, took this video that he had posted on one of his channels and put it on Twitter and a firestorm erupted. And, you know, a lot of black people, the black Twitter, as it's known, came after him, people calling him racist and people wishing him death on him, wanting to cancel him, ruin his life and stuff. And, you know, he didn't back down. He just came out and just laughed at it. Um, uh, Young Rippa got tagged or something. That. Young Rippa came in and uh, Young Rippa was making I fun did. of people. <laughs> called the crackhead and that yeah, pissed people that. off even more yeah. and so people started coming out Ripa and Ripa actually did a couple debates with some people that both debates went horrible for the other people not Ripa <laughs> but one of, one of them was with the amazing Lucas like I'm sure you probably know 
amazing Lucas. You know, he was kind of one of the MAGA, you know, MAGA people came out and made a lot of money off that. But we'll we'll leave that for another another day. But yeah, so they did a long debate <laughs> with horrible <laughs> not for Ripa again. And so yeah, it, it it's just kind of sparked that I want to say debate, but there's no debate over you know uh, changing the race of characters you know race swapping and gender swapping but specifically race swapping in hollywood and i thought it was a interesting topic maybe one we could try to talk about and get your i wanted to get your your feelings on that and and how you feel about uh the race swapping in hollywood going on right now well moonlight and chat first of all moonlight gave us the name it was billy porter you were talking about. yes that's him thank you moonlight and also says no decent white heroes in new Batman movie except for Batman. Everyone in power, which were good, who were good, were black in a predominantly white city. WTF? Which is sort of what you're saying and what yeah. Brian was saying. Um, did you enjoy the movie? I had mixed feelings on it. There were moments in the movie where I thought, okay, this might be one of the best Batman movies ever, and then I was like, oh, maybe not. And then I was like, oh, okay, this might be one of the best movies ever. And then I was like, no, no, I was mistaken. This is not. And so I went back and forth. There's, I liked the tone. I loved Gotham City. Um, Robert Patterson, he, I, he can't act. Like he, he, I do have respect for him because you know it's easy to go to dismiss him because of Twilight stuff. But when I saw him in Tenet, he kind of gained more respect. Uh, as the Batman, he's like eh, some parts worked, but. I didn't really think that his frame could really withstand the beating that Batman took in that movie. He just didn't seem big enough to me. And I didn't really like the Bruce Wayne aspect because they, they made him a kind of mopey, emo-looking teenager kind of. Because, oh. well, people wear, say... Did he wear skinny jeans? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. I have to go <laughs> watch it. But they, they, they were trying to go with... Uh, the thing they're trying to go with the fact that Bruce Wayne's still haunted by the death of his parents, and so he's kind of divorced himself from society. He doesn't have that fake Bruce Wayne persona where he's like the rich playboy billionaire type. He's just someone who's just very recluse and just all he thinks about is being Batman and going out and getting vengeance. And so they they're going for someone who's so obsessed with that that he kind of loses himself. And I understand what they're going for, but to me that just came to it kind of created a little bit more of a flatter character than we're used to saying what you know I think Batman has because a lot of people talk about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm as one of the best, if not the best, Batman movie. And in that one, Bruce Wayne, like in other movies, but in particular that one, uh, was trying to have a life as Bruce Wayne, but ultimately just could not do it because you know uh circumstance and still haunted by uh his parents death so on on that and that and that part i yeah didn't quite quite buy into but overall movies like uh, okay it's very long it's almost three hours which too long which i don't mind movies being long movies as long as the story is very engaging because like certain stories don't need to be that long it's kind of like what i was thinking about star wars yeah. The the story they chose for the Star Wars prequels, which was a bad story, but it was certainly one that didn't need or could be really told over three stories <laughs> or three movies. So, but anyway, yeah, the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, what but did you people think like about it though. The, what did you think about the? Well, let's just take this one as an example then. The switching the race of Catwoman and 
Who else you said? Commissioner Gordon? Commissioner Gordon. So, yeah, to, the thing is, prior to the past few years when Hollywood really got obsessed with race swapping, I, I was never really all that bothered by race swapping. It wasn't something that I cheered on, but it wasn't something that really bothered. I was just kind of apathetic to it, unless it was like a big character, but they tended not to do the race swapping of big characters. It tended to be minor characters, and I'm okay with, like, changing the race because I don't care about, like, minor insignificant characters but if you're talking about a character that's existed for decades that's a known around the world like superman i tend to view you know uh his look as being a white guy i just i view that his story is one that's i don't say white but he landed in kansas in the middle of kansas and was raised by a kind of rural family and that shaped his his mindset and and uh really instilled with him a um an ability to kind of control uh some of the worst more worst aspects of humanity he, he was kind of given this this need to really serve kind of humanity he had this kind of blue collar mindset mm -hmm. and that's part of the character and if you switch it to say a black person like are, are you going to tell the same story does a a, a black uh Kyle land in kansas still like, <laughs> that's like how does that work or does he land in like the middle of harlem like that that changes the story so i i i don't like in that regard but i can look at certain instances where they change characters like in the avengers so uh, i don't know how familiar you are with the avengers but nick fury in the comic books the original comic books uh, is a white guy like he's so white that david hasselhoff played him in a tv movie in the night <laughs> That's pretty damn white. And so when they made the new uh, crop of uh, movies, adventure movies and Marvel movies, they changed uh, the character to a uh, black character uh, being Samuel Jackson, which that's based on a version. There's a comic book version in the ultimate universe where the character is black and looks mm -hmm. like Samuel Jackson because the writers actually wanted him to look like Samuel Jackson. So it's fitting that Samuel Jackson got uh, cast as uh, Nick Fury. But in that case, I don't know how much it is the race as it is just that Samuel Jackson's just a cool guy. And he made, in my opinion, I know it's blas blasphemous, uh, you know, for a lot of, you know, old school comic folks, but he made the character cooler in yeah. that sense. And so I didn't mind it there because with that, there wasn't some, there wasn't a explicit or, you know, uh, some, any kind of subtext about uh, racism or race class, you know, any kind of thing. And that's, you know, for, for a lot of people who watched this recent Batman movie, that was very apparent and, and prevented them from kind of enjoying the movie. And I get that because the one moment where Catwoman said white privilege took me out of the movie, like it actually made me yes. kind of angry. And I wasn't really paying attention to stuff that happened right after that. It took me a while to get back into the movie because it just, it was completely out of, out of place. Yeah. Because if, if they had, if they had had Catwoman in the beginning of the movie be like this BLM person and and was talking about race all the time. It would be annoying and that would have I would have not liked that, but it wouldn't have been as jarring for out of nowhere just to start talking about white privilege. <laughs> like there's to my knowledge, there's not a single Batman movie and people correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I, I don't believe there's a single Batman movie where they specifically talk about race. And and I'm counting the animated movies as well. 
So I'm going to go with your knowledge on this. I don't okay. Know. <laughs> so uh, I, I just want to jump in for a second. When yeah. you said you were wondering what it would be like to, if they, if they had Kal-El Superman be black, for example, and he's, he lands in Kansas, you made me think of, did you ever see this horror movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called Maggie? It's a zombie movie. No. What? It's, it's it's kind of hilarious because he doesn't shed his accent, his Austrian accent, <laughs> his very thick Austrian accent, and but he's supposed to be this Midwest farmer. I think he's in Kansas or something, and his daughter becomes a zombie. <laughs> but the whole movie is he's like, I'm just a farmer like you. He's like, Dude, I'm like, how did you get there? When was this made? <laughs> um, gosh, it must have been 2017 or 16 or 15. Oh, is he going the uh, Bruce Willis route and just making like direct to? Can't even say direct to video anymore because videos like just yeah. direct to like it's streaming service yeah, and digital. Yeah. And if you now. like if you like zombie films, check it out. Anyway, but you made me think of that because he was so out of place. It's like how do you explain this character being here and they never did. Mm -hmm. um, so some people in the chat were asking, "What about James Bond?" No, no. First of all, it it doesn't. If James, first of all, if you change the race to to black. There's not a lot of countries that James Bond could like blend in to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if he goes to Africa, okay, maybe you blend in. But, you know, you're going to Russia or something, come on, you're going to stand out. You can't be an undercover, you know, agent with being black. I'm just saying, it's just not going like, to work. I like how you had an answer for that immediately. You're going to be passionate. Like, no. I, I think about this a lot, like too much, care. <laughs> I believe you. Okay, so what about, this is what I didn't like. They when they changed Doctor Who to a woman, and I don't know. Did you ever watch Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah. So I, I saw a lot of pushback from people who were saying, "Well, I mean, Doctor Who changes his body all the time anyway, and what does it matter if if you know the new body is is the body of a woman?" It was like because there was something just in, intrinsic, even though even though it was a different actor, a different mm -hmm. doctor each time, there was just something about him that was masculine. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I'm th I was thinking as you were saying that. There was something, there was a kind of a masculine energy. And I know some, you know, some of Doctor Who's, maybe not like super big masculine type guys, but still being a man, there's some kind of masculine aspect to that. And I, I prefer that in a character, but we live in a culture where you're not allowed to have preference for you know, male or white male specifically, you know, characters. Like, why why can't someone say, hey, I really like this character being a white male? Because you can say the opposite. You can say, hey, I really like this being, you know, a black female this character or whatever. But you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to have preference, specifically white people. You know, someone like me saying that, people, I guess they say I've internalized white You've supremacy internalized or something. I don't know. white supremacy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Somebody in chat, Tweet Girl, says, it bothered me more that they made a huge deal about it. Yeah, that's the other thing that yes. plays into this. And I think you could probably speak to that is the bigger the deal they make about it, the more important, you know, the race swapping or the gender swapping is yeah. in, instead of the plot. Exactly. And, that, and that's one of the things they've been doing with a lot of movies and TV shows is really hyping up the fact that they have a diverse cast and, you know, changing race or gender and stuff and sometimes these shows you go into it thinking oh this show's gonna be super woke but then it's like eh, it's not that woke and, and when you actually view it and you know kind of like doom when i brought up doom you know they they swapped the race of one of the characters and i i understand uh, a lot of people you know kind of 
freaked out, but you know, at the time I was saying, well, we don't know for sure that it's going to be, you know, quote unquote woke. You know, let's just wait. And turned out that it wasn't, in my opinion. Some people still manage to 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 think it is, but in my opinion, it it wasn't. It was more just like I I can understand the how. Like in the in the past, I think a lot of the race swappings were more motivated by more marketing reasons or for um, fears that their movie or TV show won't appeal to certain demographics, or maybe in a, a fear that they'll be accused of being you know racist. Like the original Star Wars movie, George Lucas, after he finished the Star Wars movie, realized he didn't have any black people in it. And he was afraid that it was going to get boycotted. So that's when he got James Earl Jones to be the voice of Darth Vader. Because originally David Prowse, the guy who was inside the suit of Darth Vader, was supposed to be the voice. And you can find video on YouTube of David uh, speaking. He's got this British accent and just it just doesn't have the same. It's not oh, the same at all. Of course, a great kind of last minute thing to do mm -hmm. to, to then get... But that that's when it kind of worked. I, I understand, like, again, it worked. Like, even, I understand that, you know, George's, you know, his motive there was to try to, you know, diversify it. But even if that wasn't the motive, it, it, it worked. Because I, I think there's a lot of times where sometimes these race swaps work because the person playing it is just so good, not because of their race. That's what the thing. But now it's just purely about, race for the most part there are times again when i still think it's a little bit more just trying to appeal to broader demographics other times i think when people are trying to force it in and trying to cause controversy trying to get yeah. people like us to say stuff because they'll say oh why 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 do you care that why they, what do you care they're not white huh huh you're kind of racist like but why do you care that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like you you're you're assigning some meaning to the race of it and you're saying that you know i'm assigning some meaning to you know care to being white and that somehow equals racism i mean that, that's what people are sensing and that's what they're kind of pushing it back but i do feel like a lot of it's being done on purpose there are times when it's being done to kind of ruin the um, ruin the foundational story, mm -hmm. or in the case of you know a movie or show based on history, sometimes oh. they'll just push in diversity, and that just kind of gets ridiculous. That just kind of it, it takes you out of for me, you know, knowing a little bit of history takes me out of a lot of things, and just makes me start wondering if if these people are trying to rewrite history in a weird way or oh, they i just of course they are i think even if they're not consciously doing that mm -hmm. they're part of a belief system that's trying to do that yeah well and, what about sorry no and they're, they're tools they're useful tools for it well what do you think about um the musical hamilton so i like the, i've never seen the whole thing i apologize i'm gonna get flack for this i like the clips that i've seen and I think I might enjoy watching it. So is that is that a is that going to make me is that an unpopular opinion? I think I would, <laughs> I, think I would like it. Uh huh. I just don't what? understand why. <laughs> like not not you why? Well, yeah, I do yeah. kind of. <laughs> I don't understand why would they change the races? Right. I I I could say I should maybe read more uh, Lin Manuel's uh, interviews. I it was try to because see they wanted it, but... to do to incorporate other like styles of contemporary rap and, and music that mm -hmm. they felt but like why even that though 
That's a good question. Because <laughs> I always joked with friends that like educational system is getting so bad that eventually like teachers are gonna have to like rap to their students. Seventeen seventy six, yo. <laughs> it's gonna be, like I'm serious. I think it's going to come down to that. <laughs> That's the way students learn. You gotta rap everything towards them. Almost everything that you joke about, I guarantee you, if Chris, if we went and looked, we could find that. Yeah. That's happening somewhere. And oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. And they're yeah. justifying it. Yeah, I'm sure that's happening. They're saying. I, I know, know. Um, there's recently some video of some teachers. I think they were, were they rapping? They were doing a, I think it was, it was either for mask or for booster shots. They were doing a rap for. And it was a legitimate rap, not, you know, Alex Stein kind of hilarious parody but this was like real and it's more of a tiktok thing but like in the classroom it probably is already going on it's got to be it's got to be look at the chat they would uh most people well it's there's some some people that like hamilton but a, a few are saying it's trash uh ah says carrie it's not simply race swapping it's not allowing black villains or complexity we blacks are good little simpletons also diversity of, at the detriment of a good story yes i agree and and that's what, one of the interesting things one of the Thank things i've been thinking about lately is like when does that ruin the story like kind of like what i was just mentioning like something for like superman if you inject a black superman there doesn't that automatically change the story because if he goes to kansas does he get adopted by a white family like, would you? Does it get adopted by a black family? Like, I don't. I yeah. I can't imagine that Hollywood would could resist making a statement on race with that. They they wouldn't be able to. They'd be having talk about white privilege. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm gonna try to fix my mic just a little bit. Somebody's saying it needs to be turned up. So, did you have? Did, what about Battlestar Galactica? That was one I wanted to make sure I hit because I like that one. Yeah. So I found a. Uh, transcribed interview with Ronald Moore, who I love Ronald Moore. I have a man crush on him. He can do no wrong. So he created the Battlestar Galactica remake in 2004. He's also one of the main writers on Deep Space Nine. That's for sure two of my favorite shows ever. But uh, he did an interview and someone specifically asked him about gender, uh, the gender swaps on uh, Battlestar. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, Cole. And uh, specifically about uh, Starbuck, Katie Sackhoff's uh, character, and let's see, I can't remember. If you, there's, if you can scroll a little bit down where the interview starts, a little bit. Do, do, do. So hold on, let me make my screen bigger so I can see that. All right, so uh, let's see. And yeah, scroll down a little bit more, please. Knit, okay, so, Knit Effery has a good question. She says, what is woke now? The line keeps changing. That's what, and that's why I, I keep saying, quote unquote, woke, because honestly, I don't know sometimes, because my definition is differing from other people. And I think, you know, we could do a whole show trying to really define that. But it, so many people have so many different definitions that I just, I don't think it's a useful term all that much. So I'm, I'm trying to steer away from using it now. Also, because it's never good enough. I think that's what you're about to get to at some point mm -hmm. tonight. Yeah. Okay, so do you want me to read this or are you gonna read it? Uh, I can read a little bit. So so this uh, interviewer saying, uh, okay, so she goes, you know, there are so many women who do that, that with men who are willing to just continue on whatever they can get in hopes that they'll just change their mind. There's a lot of response that by switching it, you made Anders just a complete, you know, 
wuss. Anders is Kara Thrice's uh, boyfriend in that show, Starbucks. And uh, Ronald Moore replies, well, that's an interesting observation on the show because I do hear comments that the show on some level has switched the gender roles and that all women on the show are strong and all men on the show are weak. And people get annoyed that men are such pusses and the men are always last ones to figure out. And the women make all the strong decisions. I don't know. That That's fair. I think I think that's all fair. That's fair criticism. I don't know that that I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. I don't either, says the interviewer. And he goes on. And I feel like, so what? That's how the world operates. And then she goes on. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, this is a fictional world. How do we, we know what their heritage is in terms of sex roles, you know, sex and gender roles? Uh, Ronald Moore says, the sexual politics, as it were, of the show have always been such that. I don't know why I got on this thing, but for a very early stage in development process is very important to me that the female roles be very strong. Okay, we can scroll down a little bit more. Well, otherwise, oops, sorry. Well, otherwise, you would ha have to accept the premise that this is an absolute, complete, exact mirror of a world, and thus women are always subservient position, and men are always in an alpha position. That's not what the shows are based on. And he goes, well, that's not really what the show is, and it's not really trying to make a matriarchal society. I mean, I don't think that's was ever the intention either. Women are still women, men are still men, but it's how you play them dramatically. Right? I think that's what the observation is about. But as we play these characters in the drama, the women have stronger moments and the men have more introspective ones. And the, let me scroll up please, Cole. And the women tend to be more decision makers and the men to tend to sort of suffer more. And I don't know that's a compliment on the state of society. It's just a choice that we made to tell the story. So what, what do you think of that, Carrie? Well, I do. Th I, I like the fact that he's open to saying, well, that is a fair criticism. And I, I don't I don't mind stronger female characters with mm -hmm. with in a show like right. my my issue with what they're trying to do nowadays as opposed to as opposed to Battlestar Galactica is that the characters in Battlestar Galactica felt fleshed out and real and mm -hmm. you know they weren't they weren't um just these one-dimensional strong superhero women they had flaws they were well-rounded and also the men I disagree that they were all weak I didn't yeah. view them that way thought Adama was a very strong character. Apollo is kind of a frat boy, <laughs> silver spoon kind of character, but, but they were, they were strong characters. And so I don't even necessarily agree with that. What, what the difference I see now is when they're trying to do these strong female roles, they're just putting these, these women into like Captain America. They're putting these women into these roles. It's not believable that they're able to even do all the physical fight yes. scenes and stuff that you see them doing. They're just magically good at everything. We don't see, you're the one who pointed out the Mary Sue archetype to me where they're just automatically good and better than the men at everything. Right. And you don't really see how they get there. They don't really have any flaws and that's mm -hmm. unrealistic. That's not, nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the characters of Battlestar Galactica were more fleshed out. Uh, they they had depth. They weren't one dimensional. And I, I don't think the men were wusses so much. I, I think there were moments when, of course, as you know, they're talking about, they do show vulnerability. But I don't think they were weak. I think it's again more of a human thing. Because mm -hmm. in in that article at the very end of it, the the person uh, whose blog it was, you know, talks about how. 
you know, society is telling men that they can't, you know, cry and be emotional and stuff like that. And I was like, no, that's not what society's telling men. It, it's not that men can't cry. It's crying about what and when, like, what is the context? What are the reasons for that? Because you got to think about our, the way we evolved, you know, you know, culturally in society, you know, if, if you're a man, men typically fight wars. And if you're a leader of soldiers, you're going to have to make decisions that will wind up getting your men, some of your men killed. That's just, that's war. Now, you don't want to be a complete sociopath and have no empathy for the suffering of your men, but you don't want to be so overcome with emotion that it prevents you from making a rational decision. Because if you're so overcome with that emotion, then you're going to end up not making decision what's going to end up getting a lot more of your man killed and possibly yourself. And so that's part of what is required of leadership and being a man. And to, to the Battlestar Galactica point, there were scenes in it where Adama, who is my favorite character, scenes when he would break down, but the times he broke down were when he was alone, typically, was him or maybe the, well, yeah, mostly when, when he was alone. But in front of his crew, he held things together because he was a leader. He had to be strong in that moment when other people were weak. That's what being a leader, being an alpha is all about. Captain Kirk. Which, you know, by the way, I hope you know that every episode I'm going to find a way to talk about Star Trek. Just... <laughs> I, I, it wouldn't be you otherwise. <laughs> yeah. But like in, in Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, Captain Kirk watches or hears his son get murdered by Klingons. And in that moment, he's so overcome with grief that he falls out of his chair. He screams, you know, you Klingon bastard, you killed my son. And he takes a moment to, to deal with his, his grief, process it. But he quickly gathers himself and is able to lead his men off the Enterprise, which he blows up when the Klingons get there. Yes, yeah, stupid Klingons. And, you know, ends up saving the day at the end. That To me, that's what being a man's about. It's not about denying that you have emotions that, you know, uh, uh, or even crying at times. It's about having control of yourself because other people are dependent on you for survival. And if you're a man leading a family... You know, your wife, your your children, if you have them, are physically weaker, and they require, at times, to be protected by you. And it's one of the things that women in general tend to look for, and men and mates and stuff. Yes. And you see us revert to those old, you know, what the feminist part of social justice wants to call patriarchal stereotypes. And we fall back on that, though, in times of crisis. I mean, it's not all, they, they want to pretend like all of these gender roles are socially constructed. Right. And they're not. I think like everything, it's a mix of, of, of biology and culture. Of both. Yeah, yeah. You know, There's some, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. It's definitely a mix of the both. But yeah, we just live in a society that's very black and white. Everything's a binary except for gender. Mm. I, I just have to laugh. Um, knit. Effery. I'm just saving my curses. It's not that I don't curse. I'm just saving them to spend them wisely. She <laughs> says, uh, I love Lucy. She was a tough broad, but she was a lady. Yeah, I like Lucy, great. but I've, I've read articles of people like uh, saying that because she kind of played, there are times where she's a little aloof and a little ditzy at times. But, you know, and because, you know, a lot of those episodes, like the most famous episode where her and Ethel are in the uh, 
chocolate factory and the little conveyor belt keeps going yeah. faster, faster and stuff and stuff like that. And I still think, you know, Lucy, not just, you know, the character, but especially, you know, Lucille Ball as a woman was pretty strong and something that, you know, people are into feminists. Feminism should really, you know, admire yeah. about her because there wasn't a lot of uh, women in that type of position back then, and she did a great job. And I, I have her to thank, and everyone, all Star Trek fans, have her to thank for for Star Trek. So there you go. Wait, I, you have to tell me that. But first, Alan Conrad says, "Imagine equitable representation of all dimensions of humanity in literature and TV film without forcing it, because the producers are balanced in their masculine and feminine hemispheres." Uh, yeah <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to imagine but yeah um and then alan scott says ripley was a badass but she also had a maternal side exactly ripley and sarah connor and that's something that's missing from a lot of the female you know heroes and protagonists you know there's almost this kind of anti-natalist uh, aspect to these characters where they kind of look down on motherhood because i was thinking about how many of these big female hero types have children and i can, can't really think of really any. No, I mean, you had uh, Regina King and, and Watchmen, but they weren't even her kids. They were like adoptive kids, and they weren't even central to her plot or really much of her character at all. So it's it's again, it's like they're they're afraid to really show the feminine side. They're afraid to have female characters be feminine. They don't believe femininity is a virtue. It's like they it's secretly. They desire masculinity, but they want it for themselves. They don't want men. So how can they make the female characters look better? They got to put the male characters down. And it's the same thing with the race. You got to put the white characters down so you can make the black characters look better. Isn't that, and, and I was going to say, there's something similar there that they do with race where they sort of try and enshrine all these qualities and say these qualities, these positive qualities are whiteness. It's mm -hmm. like, wait, what are you doing? They do the same thing with masculinity. And yes. In a way, they're sort of male supremacists and white supremacists. Yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah. they, they have a massive inferiority complex. You can tell they they have a low self-value. That's that's one of the things a lot, not all leftists, but a lot of people who you know, are leftist, far left types, do have a massive inferiority complex. And so they tend to identify with groups that they think are inferior and they buy into all these, you know, narratives that, and they use the culture that, you know, they've helped engineer to, to get themselves resources and, and social status that the ordinary feel that they wouldn't be able to earn in a free market. Yeah. So tell me quickly, cause I want to get on to the game we're going to do. Yeah. But tell me quickly, wait, you said Lucille Ball, we have her to thank for Star Trek. Yeah, her production uh, company, Desi Lu, produced Star Trek. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty cool. Nice little tidbit there. Um, okay, do we want to play the game or do we want to look through this writer's document? Um, or both? Well, we, well, I don't know how much time. How much, um, how much time do we got? Let's look through the writer's document quickly. We're, we're okay. definitely going to play the game. We'll do both. Sure. Um, so, Cole, if you can pull up that that uh, atrocity. <laughs> this is something that is a screenwriter to me. And this is they're they're sending this out to TV writers and to screenwriters. And it's called writeinclusion.org. <laughs> okay. And so um, showrunners. So if you I'll just read from the website, it says it's a think tank for inclusion and equity. 
Our goal is to empower writers, showrunners, and creative executives to better reflect the lived experiences of marginalized communities. That's full of social justice buzzwords. <laughs> um, but that, that, sorry, don't they, don't they, well, I'm, I, when I ask all these questions, I'm asking them rhetorically, I already know the answer, but I say, like, don't they know how like racist it sounds, just assuming that all people of particular race or gender has the same experience? Again, I know the answer, but I don't just, know that. I know. <laughs> and it's also funny because they're like writing this as if their audience of TV writers and showrunners and, and creative executives are all straight white men, too. They're just like <laughs> assuming. Mm -hmm. um, so they have all these fact sheets. I'm not going to read th through all their garbledy gook about what they're doing. But they have fact sheets divided by all the different uh, privilege stack, the identity stack oh. categories. So you can go in as a TV writer and you can learn how to write African-Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll down Wait. a little, Cole. We'll get to this. They, we've got these boxes uh. here. African-Americans, disabled people. <laughs> gotta, gotta see this. I gotta see it. There we go. Latinx people, migrants. Native American and indigenous people, older adults, South Asians. This is a sense like we're going to play Jeopardy. <laughs> 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 U.S. military veterans. What? That's kind of interesting. Wow. Criminal. There's got to be terrorists. That's probably <laughs> East Asians, LGBTQIA plus community. And then it says new. Uh, Middle Eastern and North African people, Muslims, Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders, Southeast Asians, and finally, women and girls. So, and where are white people? Oh, white people aren't on here. What? Mar white people aren't marginalized. <laughs> Men aren't on here either. Yeah. Straight people aren't on here either. Christians aren't on here either. So, you know, so what's None of the oppressors, basically. All right. So what specifically, like, have you read specifically for any of them? Because I'm curious, especially, you know, being black, I, I, I'm really curious to see, like, what specifically. Like, I, I just imagine it being, like, so racist. It's like, I, black I, people talk like, hey, bro, what's up? Son? We'll read through. Pass we'll read me that through. hot sauce, yo. Yeah, it's good. So Alan Scott says, I'll take Latinx for 500. Latinx. <laughs> Uh, which one do you want to read through? I looked through the woman. I looked through the women one. Uh, do you want to look at the African American one? Uh, to quote um, Wesley Snipes and Passenger Fifty Seven, always bet on black. Let's go with black. <laughs> read now, African Americans. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of words here. So they have some quick facts that they want you to know. Uh, African American film directors filled 44.5% of on-screen or named roles with black actors. When non-black directors were attached, the percentage of black characters dropped to just 11.3%. That's pretty close to the percentage of black people nationally. I think yeah, 12%. Like 12%. So they're complaining that it's not more yep. Yep. than the national average? Okay. Um, so then they have a, a glossary. They have a glossary for words you may not know. <clears throat> and they define it. absentee fathers. <laughs> Though there are fathers of all races and ethnicities who have minimal presence in their children's <laughs> lives. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Absentee isn't used to describe most of them, just black ones. 
in reality, CDC what? data shows that what? black father. I know. They're, they're just to... making up crap. I know. In reality, CDC data shows black fathers are more likely than other dads to be with their children on a daily basis. They don't cite this stat. Yeah. Just ignore the 76% of black children being born out of wedlock. Just ignore that. Baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? What does it say? Baby mama. Uh, these terms have a context-specific meaning. Oh, baby mama, baby daddy. These terms have a context-specific meaning within black culture, but when used by people who aren't black, especially in official capacities like newscasters, the meaning changes. Oh, this See, is going to be you can't you can't use this. Yeah, word. just like we we're talking about the Fresh Prince last week. How you know the these people believe that the race of the person's what changes the definition of the word or yeah. the meaning behind it. But that's it's insane. So all they really have to say here is that don't have your characters say baby baby mama unless they're black. <laughs> My responsible baby's father. Uh, ghetto's on here. Ghetto, a racist and classist term for poor black <laughs> neighborhoods. It ignores the role of government policy in creating blight and suggests there's no way to correct it. Ghetto is not only... Ghetto is one of those words that has a, a long history, like the yeah. etymology of that word and it, the, the Warsaw ghetto. Like it, didn't, it, yep. it didn't originate with uh, black people, but it's one of those words that they want to stigmatize. They want to keep any stigma, any racist stigma that was attached to it. Mm -hmm. They want to keep it there and say, no, this is a racist word about black people. Let's make sure it's only ever thought of as a racist word <laughs> exactly. to use against black people. Why would you want to do that and shrine this racist word in such a way? And then they have thug. Through cons uh, consistent misuse, it has taken on racial connotations. It is used to elicit stereotypes of black criminality and dehumanize black people. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, you know who calls black people thug the most? Who? Black people. White. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no. I, know. <laughs> I mean, do we, do we just, they just forget about Tupac and, you know, thug life? Uh, you just want to well, ignore all that? No? As we've learned, though, they're, they're fine with... Black people can say right. any of these words. They just want to make sure you don't have any characters who are not black saying them. Then they have, um, I'm going to go back up to the first page of this document, Cole. Sorry, I started at the bottom. They have a list of overrepresented stories and harmful stereotypes. And then next to it, they have another list of things we would like to see more of. So uh, things that are overused. Now, I'm probably going to agree with some of these. You and mm -hmm. I are probably going to agree with some of these because they do. They do continually, like we talked about in the Fresh Prince episode, they continually go to the same well where they're like, let's do another story about slavery. Um, so the, black pain, lives filled with great pain, sadness, and tragedy until and unless someone, usually a white person, brings joy and rescue. Uh, colorblind existence, stories where African-American identity doesn't shape a black character's beliefs and behavior. That's bad. What? See, then that's why Superman would, you know, have to, they'd have to put that in a story about black Superman. Yeah. The magical Negro, African-American. <laughs> <laughs> I love magical Negroes. <laughs> we, I learned about this, uh, this stereotype and, 
part of my when I was in school in my critical race theory classes or some film class I was in. Did uh, you? Afro- sorry, did you ever see that Key and Peele skit with Magical Negroes? I'm sure I did. I love those guys. It's hilarious. Probably one of my favorite skits they've ever done. I'll have to go watch that again tonight. Uh, the token or sidekick, the best friend, the white protagonist. Mm, uneducated or undereducated, poverty, criminalization, hypersexualization. Okay, so then these are some of the things they want to see more of. Black joy. <laughs> That's a positive. The truth about criminal justice. Uh, more accurate depictions of the criminal justice system. Empowerment, stories about characters with ambition. Black women being loved. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I was with you on everything else. This is just this too far. This is too far. <laughs> Uh, patriotism. That's kind of cool. They want to see that. Explore what patriotism means to African Americans in a country that doesn't reciprocate that allegiance. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, their their patri- uh, patriotism for the nation of Islam. I don't know. Oh, gosh. LGBTQIA+. They want to see queer African American stories and characters, particularly with transgender and non-binary characters. Call up RuPaul. They <laughs> Call up Billy, what was his name? Porter. Billy Porter. Fantasy genre and sci-fi. Uh, intact families. And everyday activists. They want to see black activists on screen. So that was just one of these. You guys can look this up if you want to read through some of the others, uh, the highlights. They have, pick your category. I, I've, I've really th- thought about, I, or I've been asking myself, like, when does a portrayal of a certain race or gender become, like, stereotype? Like, because, like, in the 70s and 80s, there were a lot of depictions of blacks as, you know, pimps and drug dealers and stuff. And, you know, if you ever saw Robert Townsend's movie, uh, Hollywood Shuffle, they kind of poked fun of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even though most black people are not those things, there's a large percentage of those positions or roles for lack of a better term that are you know held by people who are black and so when does it become like where's that line which i know there's no way to fully answer that but where's that line to when does it become a stereotype because it's like now it's getting to the point to where they want to like have no view of that no no you know they don't want any betrayals of say blacks as being drug dealers or, or gang members and stuff even though that is a, there's a lot of, again, the people in this position happen to be black, a lot of them. And I feel like not dealing with it just makes the problem worse, depending on what your comment is on it, of course. I mean, you could glorify it in one hand, but you could make a comment on it about how terrible it is in that, that lifestyle. And yeah. so that's, it's like th- th- this whole article is not even talking about the context in which those betrayals would occur. Like if you said, hey, Okay, we we're fine with say betraying blacks as you know some blacks as being drug dealers, whatever. But we want them to be some, for lack of a better term, anti-drug message or you know being against that lifestyle. Okay, that'd be one thing. But it's like there's no comment on that. It's just like no no portrayals of that whatsoever. So it's like we're just kind of like pretend that that's not that these quote unquote stereotypes aren't having some basis in reality and a re- ugly reality that we need to face. Hollywood does it doesn't tend to do anything by degrees. It just sort of swings wildly to correct whatever it sees as being out of out of touch now. Right. So, 
you'll go from them doing these mostly on on screen when you would see these uh, a lot of these stereotypes like the magical negro stereotype or the sidekick or what have you and instead of like hey guys let's be less racist in the maybe the way that we write and 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 the way that we hire instead of just being normal they go all the way over here and they're like okay now let's take every famous character and make them all black and let's make all the white guys evil. And it's like, you, <laughs> you just, you're not, you're overcorrecting. Like there's a happy medium of just be normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, why can't you just write normal? <laughs> like, <laughs> not possible. Does not compute. Yeah. Um, somebody asked, I just thought this was a funny question. I've heard of this, but I've never, I've never been. So I thought I would ask you, somebody said, have you ever been to elf quest? I have no idea what that is. Is that like okay. a uh, Ren Fair type thing? It sounds like it. It sounds very familiar. I've never been. I've been to a couple of Ren Fairs. So, well, I want to play this game that you created. Yes. Uh, Cole, if you could please bring up PDF to show page one. So uh, this game is a... I, I identified 10 shows slash movies that are being rebooted, but that have either a race or gender or both swaps in them and so i'm going to see if carrie can guess what that swap is and then we'll reveal it as we go on okay so the first one is perfect strangers i don't know if you ever watched perfect strangers i, did. I used to thought it was hilarious i love valky it's great they're bringing it back they are and what what is your guess as to what the swap is uh let's go uh black lesbians okay uh cole can we go to the next page please there you go <laughs> i don't know if they're gonna be lessons they probably will be. but they are, are black, black? Yeah. <laughs> yes but yeah this show is currently developing i, I read it's supposed to be on hbo max so ding, ding, ding. i, I assume it's gonna be uh pretty raunchous so yeah <laughs> all right okay. so uh, why don't we just make a new tv show about that takes two black creativity women. and thought, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too much work. These people are lazy. Ah, okay. okay. The Golden Girls better not be on this list. Oh, oh no, it's not. But okay, it's it's going to happen. You know it is, Carrie. No, it will. Uh, so let's go to the next one, please, Cole. Doogie Hauser, MD. <laughs> well. On this list on how to write woke in Hollywood, they did have older America, older people listed. So I'm going to say that Doogie Howser is a 60-year-old trans woman. Okay. Survey says, next page, please. A, a 60-year-old trans white woman. Oh, no. It is a Asian female. Okay. Who's also named Doogie. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> You're asking too many questions. Again, why don't you just make a new show? <laughs> <laughs> no. They, they, they want to make their statement. They want to use these big brand shows and movies to make their statement, their ideological statement about female superiority or whatever. Perfect system. That's Perfect what I was called. Uh, this is the next one, Snow White. No. Wait, yeah. I think I heard about this. 
Um, are they doing an animated or are they doing a live, live action. action? They're going to make her black, probably. Okay, if that's your fine answer. Any next page, please. But she was named for because her skin was white like snow and her lips were red like rubies and her hair was black like a raven. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> a turning to a, a Latina, a Latinx. Oh, a Latinx. Yeah. Okay. That girl's snow pretty. Latinx. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was just in the... Um, what is the uh, what is that movie? Why am I blinking on the movie? Uh, West Side Story, I think the movie that, that remakes came out and no one saw. Yeah. Oh, Lissa Kay, you're right. I did hear about this. Uh, she says Snow White ain't white and there's no dwarfs. I heard about this because <laughs> the guy who played Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage yeah. he raised a big stink. He went on some, you know, social media tear where he said, oh, "This is a, so you're changing the race of Snow White." but you still are oppressing little people. Little people shouldn't have to play dwarves. And so didn't they say, okay, we're not going to have any little people in the movie. And all these little people actors are like, what gives? Like we are trying to get work, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that's like seven of us. You just put out of a job. Are, are they just going to have like grown people pretend to I be guess. dwarves? Like in the uh, Willy Wonka movie. Well, actually he was, I think he was, I don't know what terminology is, but he was a taller than the regular dwarf. But but I know there was also a movie with uh, Gary Oldman, a romantic comedy with it's Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I forget the female who was in it, but um, Gary Oldman plays a little person in the movie. It's oh, not a, it's really? not supposed to be a comedy. I haven't That's seen. It. I want to see it. Weird. Uh, yeah, it's like Tiptoes. I think it's called or something like that. Uh, Briars and Bantam says, an Asian doctor? How brave. That yep, really stereotype. stereotypes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? A show about Jewish lawyers? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next page, please. She's all that. Wait, don't go. Don't do yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, so Guilty Confession. I never even saw this first movie. I, I, I didn't feel like This happened after I, I feel like this was for younger people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, who is that? Freddie Prince Jr.? Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I avoided him. That's why I didn't see this. Yeah, good. No, uh, so I don't... What? Are they going to be... Oh, they're going to make them gay, probably. It's going to be She's All That, and it's going to be two women. And one's going to be black, and one's going to be... And, uh, Latinx. <laughs> hmm, okay, okay. That's your answer. All right. Uh, can we go to the next page? He's all that. They made it a dude. <laughs> but look look at how pretty that dude is. They should have just kept the same name. She's all that. It, was, it still would have fit. Yeah. You're pretty. They didn't, they didn't really change much. Then. <laughs> no. He's all that. Okay. Yeah. So this is more about a gender role reversal, probably. Whoever, yeah. I didn't see the first one, but they're probably going to make, if, if the guy was sort of a player, they're going to make the girl the player this time or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Predictable. Yes, yeah. tree surgeon. Incredibly predictable. Hellraiser. No, I I used to love Hellraiser. Oh are yeah. Gonna, are they gonna make him instead of a demon? Is he gonna be an angel? No, the the, the person uh claim is different. Uh I mean, it seems like I've already done okay, let's go with Peter Dinklage. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> the scariest dwarf I've ever seen. Oh, wow. I'm going to go with little person. Okay, okay. It is a trans woman. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be central to the plot, but regardless, you're going to see a ton <laughs> of articles coming out talking about how brave and pro much progress this is. So, yeah, look forward <laughs> to that. Yeah. Poor Rib Rascal. He says, not a Hellraiser. Yep, yep. It's, it's yeah. They're Sorry. coming after the horror movies. I know. All right, next, please. Party of Five. What do you think that is? Okay. Uh, I also avoided this. Yeah, I didn't so, watch it either. Let's see. Well, I mean, it's obviously, let's go with something easy. They're going to make it a black family. Okay. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, what, and the little boy is going to be a trans. <laughs> okay. Uh, next slide, please. They made it a, uh, a uh, Hispanic family. Oh, okay. And which one's trans? I don't know, but the show got canceled, so <laughs> oh. there you go. <laughs> Nobody wants to see no. all these remakes. Where no. are the original shows? This is so stupid. I could just see the pitch room of the like, okay, do you guys remember Party of Five? And, okay, it's going to be... And, and if I'm sitting on the other side of that pitch, it's like, uh, I didn't watch it and I'm trying not to remember <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, well, it's like that, but better because they're Hispanic. <laughs> yeah and it sucked oh well uh next one is wednesday adams uh so they are making a show tim burton is producing this show specifically on wednesday adams so what do you think <laughs> tree surgeon tree surgeon says they're all trans uh. <laughs> sorry <laughs> um let's see Am I supposed to guess the actress or yeah. like okay. the actress? They've already named the actress. Um, yes, they have. Uh, gosh, I wonder if they're going to go with an NB with a non-binary person. They might go with a who was that girl that was playing that was playing Batwoman for a while? Oh, uh, Ruby Rose. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to say Ruby Rose. No. Uh, well, let's find out. Uh, next page, please. <laughs> so, uh, I forget her name. She is Puerto Rican. But here, here's the thing. Here's the fair thing. So, Raul Julia was Puerto Rican. He played Gomez Adams in the first two Adams Family movies. And those, his performance is one of my favorite performances in any movies. He was fantastic as that, as uh, a Gomez Adams. And the thing is, I... I would bet that the casting director of the original Adams Family didn't have race on their mind when they're casting him. They must have thought he was the best for the role because I truly believe that he was. He was. I, he's hilarious. I still laugh at his parts in the original Adams Family movies, even though parts of the movies don't hold up as well. That the whole cast of those movies was fantastic. In fact, one time yeah. I, I told a friend I was so amazed at the cast. I was telling how how many actors and that you that worked for those roles, but you wouldn't have thought that they would have, you know, prior to it, like Christopher Lloyd, who was great as Fester. And I was trying to think of another movie that had like, uh, actors who you wouldn't think would be good together. And I was like, Oh, uh, what about men in black with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? And I looked at the casting director, same casting director, oh, same wow. director. 
It was weird. That was just the one movie I thought of. It was like they just happened to be the same. Happened to right. be the yeah. same casting director, yeah. Yeah. The the chat is cracking me up. I just wanted to see these when you were doing the reveal on who's playing Wednesday Adams. Uh Tom and uh Marilyn Manson. Oh, no, Manson. <laughs> <laughs> and, he looks have you seen her recently? Like he still tries to put on the makeup, but he's like fat and overweight. <laughs> it's kinda like Robert Smith. I love Robert Smith from the career, but he can't pull off the makeup and no. anymore. It's kind of sad now. And then Adam Earl says, Fiesta 5, muchachos. Fiesta de Cinco. God, I, I really wanted to make a racist joke. But I... You know. uh, don't so, stop your It's not really a race. I, I was saying... Uh, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Party of 5? It's a Hispanic family. I should call it Party of 15. Oh, and the show goes off. The <laughs> I know. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> How dare you laugh at that, sir? How dare you make that joke? That's not yeah. your race. Don't do that. Oops. Oops. Yeah. 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 How dare yeah. you? Let's talk about baby mamas more. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let us go to the next one, please. Kung Fu. Now, this is a show I've never watched, but I know of it. And I remember David Carradine. Oh, that's right. The guy who died by uh, jerking it. Well, he was fixating himself, so that's while David jerking it. David Carradine, so it's a white guy mm-hmm. playing an Asian guy. Well, half he's in in the story. He's half Asian, half so Asian. that's kind of like kind of got away with it a little bit. It was still controversy, but more now people going back. You know, what would be super out of the box, and hmm. they would never do is they make it another white guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got tape on his eyes. And it's just, <laughs> it's so wrong. Um, well, obviously, I think they're probably going to try and stay close to the ethnicity here. So it's going to be an Asian guy. Or are they going to make it a woman? Is it an Asian woman? Okay. Next, please. <sighs> ding, ding, ding. You got it. Yeah. They, okay. She's like some college student. And she goes, she decides to come like a monk for some reason. I don't know. The show is apparently still on. <laughs> I didn't get canceled, so. Okay. Yeah. Are you getting depressed? <laughs> make it a woman. Get but wait, really there's a... more. Okay, what else? No, uh, next fine. one, please. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Who they're doesn't gonna... love Jack Sparrow? They're going to recast Jack Sparrow? Mm-hmm. Amberhead. <laughs> Amber Heard. Heard. Amber Heard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, are they are not going to make Jack Sparrow a woman? Are they? I don't know. What do you think? Um. Okay. They're going to make Jack Sparrow a black woman. I'm guessing. It's a white woman, but Marco Robbie. No. Yeah. No. It's no. going to be all female. It's all female Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Working. This bothers me more than any of the other ones that you've shown me. This is bothersome. This is like Doctor Who. It's like that character. I don't care. That character is not a woman. I mean, I guess you could find, but, but not this woman. Not this fae. Well, you, know, <laughs> you need a masculine woman in there if mm-hmm. you're going to even attempt this. Well, you're going to get it, whether you like it or not. So, yeah. No. Now you're sad. You're really bummed. You're, you're going to be thinking about this all night. We won't be able to sleep. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was fun. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think there's one, oh, wait, there's more. one more. Okay. I think so. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. 
I know a lot of women who might be upset about this. Are they going to make her a gay white man? (laughs) That's my final answer. answer? All right. Survey says. It's going to be a black woman. (laughs) Are you joking? Yeah, it's going to be a black woman. I couldn't find an actual photo, so I just chose one. But I think that's accurate. Sassy black woman. Is this just a joke? <laughs> they actually are making a black woman. Oh. I don't know if it's going to be that black woman, but I think it would be a more entertaining show if they got that black woman. Sassy black woman. Like, ain't no vampire going to bite me. Keep your white ass away from me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the best one. I'm glad you saved it for last. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And that's only like a smidgen of all the ones. There's so many more. Of course, we already talked about the Wonder Years one, which I still kind of want to like see just Curiosity, which is currently on. I don't know if it's been canceled or not. Is that uh, there were other ones? I know there's. I think they're going to do Peter Pan. I think they're supposed to do a black woman. I think that once we'll have to play the game again because there's always more. It just makes it seem so silly when you line them all up back to back like this. Mm. I like the way you chose to do this in a game format because you're like one after the other being inundated with like, okay, it's another race swap. <laughs> it's another gender swap. <laughs> Frankly, I'm surprised there weren't more uh, trans people in there. I was but, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Glad it's not going to be happy. <laughs> well, thank you, Mystery Chris. And um, thank you guys for joining us tonight. This is our uh, new channel. It's a deprogrammed channel. And this is a live show that we do every Wednesday at 8 o'clock Texas time. It's called Popped Culture. Mystery Chris comes, brings his vast knowledge of entertainment, and we talk about what's going on in the world of movies and TV and presumably at some point video games, comic books, whatever you want to talk about. Um, But thank you guys for being here. We have tomorrow on Deprogrammed uh, 6 o'clock Texas time. I'm doing a live interview with Ariel Scarella. Scarella. If you guys are fans of Ariel, she's going to be here live at 6 o'clock. And then on Friday, we have our live uh, panel show that we're doing at noon Texas time. So we hope you'll drop by. Any yeah. any closing words? We we have to wrap up early tonight because Mr. Chris and I are going to go hang out with some people visiting Austin. Which is yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, so, yeah, there's... Um, other stuff I could talk about, but I don't have time. But yeah, the Star Trek's back. Um, we'll talk about that on a future episode. And some other stuff's going on. So yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about some more stuff with you. Uh, you guys were so funny tonight in chat, by the way. Yes. Hail, hail chat. Thank you. Hail and thanks chat. to Cole for helping us with tech tonight. Thank you, Cole. Um, take care. You can find us uh, uh, in all the places I mentioned up top. I've, I need to get better at the ending. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now g-man was there last time he was like you have to roll a video at the end i'm just gonna roll the intro video we'll go out on this how about that <laughs> thanks guys. bye everyone <laughs>